So on today's podcast, we thought we would give you an update on what the spring statement means for doctors, dentists, and other healthcare professionals. And we have done these a few times in the past now, mate, and they're always really popular, which kind of surprised us. Yeah, we did one person we did, one of the budgets, I think, and yeah, it seemed really, really popular. So we thought we'd continue. The Medics Money podcast helps doctors, dentists, and other professionals make better financial decisions. Hosted by myself, Dr. Tommy Perkins, a GP. And by me, Dr. Ed Cantelow, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and chartered tax advisor. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute any form of advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. So great to be back on the podcast with you again today, mate. You've fully recovered from your COVID now? Yeah, it took a long while in terms of feeling really tired and I seem to have a cold for about two months, but... Right now, yeah, everything's good. Awesome. Yeah, not bad. I think a lot of my family, uh, extended family, have COVID at the moment, but yeah, they'll get through it, I'm sure. Yeah, pandemic is not over, unfortunately. And so today we're going to talk about the spring statement and how that affects doctors, dentists, and other healthcare professionals. And we're also going to talk a bit about the cost of living crisis and inflation. So should we just get started? Yeah, absolutely. So the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, presented the 2022 spring statement to the House of Commons on the 23rd of March 2022 against the backdrop of a cost of living crisis which as Tommy mentioned just now has been racking the UK recently and we thought it, you know would go through what um, was in that statement and also discuss this uh, cost of living crisis so, so everyone knows what's been going on here. But there were some small pieces of good news announced in this statement but overall the feeling is that these would do little really to offset the economic pain that we're all going to be feeling in the immediate future. And I apologise now that this, this podcast may seem a little bit gloomy, but, uh, you know, that's the reality of this situation, sadly. I mean, it might be worth starting by explaining why the UK is facing the cost of living crisis. So according to the Office for Budget Responsibility, inflation and tax rises are going to result in a record hit to disposable incomes of around £500 per person on average. In terms of taxes, Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak have announced tax rises worth... 2% of GDP in just two years, which is the same as Tony Blair and Gordon Brown did in 10 years. So for all the criticism of the, the Tories about Labour raising taxes all the time, you know, you could argue actually they've done a lot worse in terms of tax rises. Of course, against a backdrop of a pandemic, in fairness, but it's still quite a significant increase. The most recent tax rise, a lot of you will know, was announced previously as the health and social care levy, which will start off by increasing all national insurance contribution rates by 1.25% before a few years later it becomes its own separate tax on our pay slips. It also applies to dividend payments as well. So all the dividend rates, dividends being payments from companies, they will also go up by 1.25%. And added to the tax rises, consumer prices, I'm sure a lot of you will be aware, they rose by 6.2% in the year to February, which is a 30-year high. So inflation is on the march. And sadly, it's expected that that's going to get worse, with it likely peaking at around 9% by the end of this year, according to predictions. Yeah, so we talk a bit about inflation on this podcast, and I think it's really important to understand just what a problem inflation is, because it means that 
a 3% pay rise with inflation at 9% becomes a 6% real terms pay cut. And we've had real terms pay cuts for the last 10 years as doctors or some doctors. So should we go through what is inflation? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really important concept to get to grips with. So it's important that all of us know what exactly is going on here. And we'll go through the implications of it as well. So inflation, that's the rate at which prices are rising, or you could call it the ongoing increase in the average level of prices across the economy over a period of time. But as I say, simply way of putting it is, it's the rate at which prices are rising. And it's usually expressed as an annual rate. So for example, the annual rate of inflation currently is 6.2%. And we've mentioned before how it's calculated, but just as a refresher, because I think it's quite important to get to grips with this. Basically, the government, the Office of National Statistics, they pick a starting year or a base year, and then they look at the prices of a wide range of goods and services and record them. And given that spending habits are constantly changing, the goods and services that are included that they look at, they change all the time. Okay. Once they work out the prices of the chosen goods and services that they've decided to include in their bundle, they would allocate a value of a 100 to that bundle. That becomes their kind of base. And then every month they update the prices or the items to work out the rate at which they're rising. So some things in that bundle will fall in price and some will rise, but they look at the change in aggregate. Prices of most things have been increasing, so therefore inflation is increasing. So for example, currently groceries, they jumped by 4.9% in February. Women's clothes rose by 12%. And of course, fuel and energy prices have increased dramatically recently, with petrol, for example, being up by 23%. Yeah, I remember at the start, because I, I think you might remember, Tommy, I only restarted driving in sort of August 2020. I got a car then. And I think at the time, certainly at the start of the pandemic, I'm pretty sure oil prices were, were through the floor. And uh, it was really cheap to fill up my tank for the first time. So I kind of got used to that. And now it's pretty horrendous filling up the tank. Oil futures, I won't get into details, but oil futures actually went negative at the start of the pandemic. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Which is mad. But they're not negative anymore. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. So why is it a problem? Well, the higher inflation is, the more the real value of money is falling, as, as Tommy mentioned. Money is basically worth less. So if the inflation rate was, let's say, 5%, then you would need £105 to buy the same quantity of goods that could have been bought for £100 at the start of the year. So in that case, you would say that the cost of living has increased by 5%. And as we said, currently, the cost of living has increased by 6.2%, and it's expected to go up by 9% as the year progresses. A rise in inflation, that's caused by either an increased demand for goods and services, or, of course, a decreased supply of them. And a lot of listeners will know there are currently a lot of supply chain issues in the UK and, of course, the world. Most of us will have been affected by the eye-watering price rise of petrol, driven by higher crude prices caused by reduced supply. Food prices, they've risen because of higher costs in terms of fuel and fertiliser, bad harvests of crops, and, of course, the war in Ukraine affected markets. So, for a lot of reasons, inflation is on the rise. And as Tommy mentioned, inflation also means that any pay rises that we may receive are also worth less. So, if you were to get a 1% pay rise but prices are rising at 6.2% effectively. That is a real-term pay cut, which, as Tommy mentioned, doctors have been suffering with for a long time now, and it's only sadly going to get worse. You said there was some good news in this budget. Are we yeah. going to get get to that bit, right? There is some good news, yeah, right, cool. which we will come to. There's, right. there's, um, I'm just wondering when it's coming. There's a huge amount of bad news. <laughs> okay. And a small amount of good news coming towards the end. So maybe if you're feeling a bit miserable <laughs> about the whole thing, I don't blame you, but uh, keep listening, because hopefully there will be some... Good news for some people at the end, okay? So continuing the bad news, as I say, currently the rate of inflation is predicted to reach 9% by the end of the year. That's what they're expecting. We've mentioned this before, but the Bank of England has a target inflation rate uh, of 2%. So we're way above their target. So 
there is a very good chance that they're gonna they will increase interest rates further to try and bring inflation down just like they did on the 17th of March. And a lot of you will know that an increase in interest rates usually means that mortgage rates will rise, debt becomes more expensive, again, adding to the cost of living crisis. In theory, those people have, who have lots of savings, they should benefit from higher interest on their savings, but that really relies on the banks passing on the benefits of the interest rate raises to them, something which they often seem reluctant to do. Also, I mean, if you've got cash in the bank and you're earning 1% interest and inflation is 9%, you're still losing 8% at least a year. You're still losing out there, absolutely. Okay, and uh, another issue, to add to the number of issues that we face with rising inflation, is something called fiscal drag, which again, we have mentioned before, but as previously announced by the Chancellor in the past, the personal allowance, the amount which the majority of us get tax-free, that's been frozen at £12,570 up until 2026. At the rate at which people start paying tax of 40% instead of 20%, that is going to stay at £50,270 up until 2026. And because these thresholds have been fixed, it's been estimated that the cost to households is going to be nearly £50 billion compared to if the Chancellor had increased those thresholds in line with inflation. And again, we mentioned this before, but a lot of other thresholds have been frozen as well. So the rate at which you have to repay child benefit, the rate at which the 45% tax rate applies, the rate at which you have to pay capital gains, etc., etc. All these things have been frozen. And by freezing the thresholds, it means that many people who get a pay rate will end up basically paying more income tax as more people earn over the personal allowance threshold and pay tax for the first time, or go over the threshold at which they pay 40% tax instead of 20% tax, and so on. And as this freeze will go on until April 2026, that's expected to catch a lot of people. It's known to economists as fiscal drag because people are dragged into paying more tax as a result of the government's fiscal policy. With tax rises, threshold freezes, a rise in inflation, expected further interest rate rises, we're all really going to see our income squeezed. It won't make anyone feel better at all, and I'm not going to even try, but things that have been worse in the past. Inflation rates reached to 24% in 1975 after a quite a significant oil price shock at the time. And tax rates have also been higher. So at one point in the 1960s, the, the top rate of tax was 98% on investment income. On their 1966 album for the Beatles, George Harrison sang the song Tax Man, which some of you guys might have heard, that, which includes the line, there's one for me, 19 for you. Because at the time, 95% of George Harrison and the other Beatles' income was taken in tax, leaving them 5% or 120th of his income. Hold on. Was that an inadvertent tax trivia moment that was not clearly advertised? I may have sipped in a bit of a bit of tax trivia based on my love of the Beatles. And uh, yes, I, I didn't announce it as, as such, but yeah, that was... Fair enough. Love it. Okay. Do you want to go off-piste and say if you don't? But we had a brief chat before we came on about... A lot of people are comparing things to the 1970s when inflation was really high, as you mentioned. Now, this is not a prediction. No one can predict the future, et cetera, et cetera. But what are your thoughts on the 1970s comparison versus now? Yeah, it is a good comparison, isn't it? Because if you think about what was happening in the 70s, oil price shocks causing a large spike in inflation and very high tax rates, we're seeing both of those things now at the moment. The as we just said, petrol is going up, oil prices are going up, fuel is going up, inflation is rocketing, not quite as badly as in the 1970s, but you never know. And the tax rates are going up as well. I think Rishi, Rishi Sunak is seen as a tax-raising chancellor, which was a kind of a hallmark of the chancellors in the 1970s. So so yeah, it is, it is a good comparison, sadly. I mean, 
the 1970s aren't really looked on fondly by economists, and I'm pretty sure 2022 won't be either. Yeah. Is there any like structural differences or anything you think is different from now or I'm forcing you to use a crystal ball and no one can predict the future, but you do have a degree in economics and yeah. accountancy. So come yeah. on. There are structural differences, definitely. Economists like to use a, a physics term called hysteresis, which is where you, let's say, unemployment or inflation is uh, guided by its history, by what happened in the past. And it's thought in terms of economics terms that there are structural problems in an economy that will stop, let's say, unemployment from falling or inflation from falling. And a lot of those rigidities, it's felt, were tackled in the 80s and 90s, rightly or wrongly, which have made the UK economy much better at dealing with shocks. So, for example, a lot of monopolies have been broken up. There's more regulations on what prices can be charged by people. So you can't can't collude between companies to increase prices so much. Rightly or wrongly, labour laws have been reformed quite significantly in terms of trade unions, etc. So it's felt that the economy in 2022 is more resilient than in the 1970s. But I guess, as you say, let's see what happens in the future. Yeah, no predictions. No one's got a crystal ball, but I think that's an interesting statement. Okay, so you said that there was some good news. And yep. uh, so what did the government announce in the spring statement to ease this cost of living crisis? There were a few things in there. Firstly, Rishi Sunak announced a 5% reduction in fuel duty from 6pm that day to help with petrol prices. Although not all petrol stations seem to have passed on the full amount to motorists and there does seem to be a difference depending on which petrol station you go to. But he has tried to reduce fuel costs by reducing the amount of tax that the government takes as we fill up our tanks. Secondly... The Chancellor announced that he would increase the point at which individuals pay national insurance from £9,880 to £12,570. And that's going to take effect from July 2022. I'm assuming he didn't do it from the start of the tax year because a lot of our payroll departments have already factored in the, the threshold that was there before the spring statement. What that does is it basically aligns the rate at which you start paying national insurance, which is known as the primary threshold. It aligns that with the income tax personal allowance. Um, a lot of you will know that the income tax personal allowance is 12,570. That's the rate at which you start paying income tax. That's now going to be the rate at which you also pay national insurance, which does simplify things. And it provides some help to around 30 million working people by cutting their national insurance bills. Of course, we still have this thing in the tail that for most of us, we will still have this national insurance rate rise coming in in the form of the health and social care levy. So most doctors, dentists and so on will still be worse off. Um, because of the rate rise, but not by as much as they were before the spring statement, because less of their income will uh, have national insurance applied to it. Does this mean we need to rewrite our national insurance blog and re-record the fascinating national insurance podcast? We will have to re-record the amazing, brilliant and very exciting national insurance podcast, absolutely, and change everything, really. It will change for national insurance. You're going to be busy. And I'm mocking the national insurance podcast, but we get so many emails about our podcast because it's so common for doctors to have several jobs and that's a way that you can overpay national insurance. No one's ever mentioned this to doctors before. So we get so many emails from super grateful doctors and dentists just saying the podcast was amazing. Yeah, it has proven to be very popular because as Tommy says, if you have more than one employment or if you have an employment and a self, you can very easily overpay national insurance. 
So I would say maybe go and listen to that podcast if you haven't done before, but you might want to wait for the, the new revised one that will come out down yeah. the line. And for the insomniacs out there, if you put that podcast on in the evening, light some joysticks, I guarantee you, you will drift off to sleep without, and then maybe no. subliminally absorb the information without well, consciously doing it. That would be good, but it is quite riveting and exciting. So <laughs> I think you'll be energized and you won't get to sleep at all. You'll be too excited. Hmm. I think there's also some good news for people who are pacing the basic rate of income tax. Yeah. Yeah, so the government have also committed themselves to reducing the basic rate of income tax from 20% to 19% from April 2024. So we have a national insurance contribution rise now, but a promise from Rishi that he's going to reduce income tax later on in the future. I should probably note here that income tax rates in Scotland are set by the Scottish government, so Rishi's proposed income tax cut won't necessarily apply there unless the Scottish government choose to enact it as well. There is technically a 19% rate already in Scotland for a small proportion of people. But as I say, their their rates are completely separate to uh, Rishi's. So I don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to predict that the next election is in 2024 because that's when the income tax is dropping from 20% to 19%. Tommy, you're far too cynical. Yeah, basically. I think they... <laughs> I don't know if they got rid of the Fixed Parliament Act, Fixed Term Parliament Act, so they can call it whenever they want. But either way, yeah, it's expected that the election will be in 2024, probably yeah. May or June. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think, as I say, we're not trying to be cynical, but uh, we think there may be a bit of politics there. But yeah, needless to say, a lot of people, including a lot of members of the Tory party, the Chancellor's Own Party, were less than impressed by his attempts to ease the cost of living crisis. I'm going to leave you guys to make up your own minds. There has been talk in the papers that Rishi has allegedly recognised that he's going to have to go further and help us some more. But whether he does or how he does it remains to be seen. There's also been leaks in the papers that Boris Johnson wanted him to go further in terms of capping energy prices. Again, a bit of politicking going there. I mean, who knows what they're going to do, if they're going to do any more. They've done something. They've increased the rate at which the primary threshold, the rate at which you pay national insurance. They're going to allegedly cut income tax and they've given us 5p of our petrol. So they're trying to do something, but yeah, I'll let you guys make up your minds as to whether that's adequate or not. Yeah, I think we've been reasonably impartial during this. And I just say that they are in a tight spot because obviously public finance is not looking good after the pandemic. So that's it. The pandemic has caused a vast amount of uh, increased debt. And it's not really their fault that the inflation rates are rising as well. They couldn't predict what's been going on with supply chains. Uh, Some things you can argue are their fault. I'm not going to get into that, but there are some things that are definitely, definitely out of their control. Brilliant. Well, I hope that was useful to you. I'm really looking forward to recording the new National Insurance podcast. And uh, as, we should, you, as you should. We should do that soon. Very exciting. Keep sending in your questions. We've been doing lots of listeners' questions. Every question that you send in gets read by us and it helps to make our content better. And some of them we feature on the podcast as well. So you just email team at medicsmoney.co.uk. If you like this podcast, can you leave us a rating and a review? It helps others, doctors and dentists to find the podcast. We really appreciate your support. We just passed quarter of a downloads which is absolutely crazy and it's because people like you have told your friends about it we are all in this together we have had massive real terms pay cuts over the last 10 years it looks like they're only going to get worse and so we need to maximize our finances and make sure we only pay the right amount of tax and nothing more so thank you for your support and look forward to seeing you or hearing you would you say on the next episode it's not seeing them. We look forward to you listening to us on the next podcast. Yeah, and also you might see us because we're going on a little speaking tour over the next few months. So Absolutely. thank you for those invites and apologies to those that we couldn't make, but we definitely still work as doctors. So it makes it difficult. And keep an eye on your emails because we're also going to be doing some more webinars as well. Stay tuned to your emails. If you're not on the email list, easiest way to join it is to go to medicsmoney.co.uk 
forward slash ebook you get an ebook which just gives you the basics of how to fight back against rishi basically and uh, we'll also get on the email list so thanks very much for listening take care see you on the next episode yeah, thanks guys